Hello and welcome to the NCC More podcast. My name is Matt and I'm the student pastor here at North Point Community Church. We're in the middle of a series entitled So Love. We're talking about Jesus and the life-changing power of the gospel. Here on the NCC More podcast, some people from our team here at North Point are sharing their story and how Jesus changed their life. Here's my story. So my story begins um, really back when my parents divorced. I was three years old and I was court ordered to live with dad, uh, travel back and forth between my parents. And growing up, it was a really great childhood. I would say it was pretty average. I, I had some uh, really highlight moments, celebrating birthdays, family vacations, um, you know, with split families, two Christmases, two Thanksgivings, all those things. Um, and then going into my teenage years, um, I became very aware of the reality in my parents' world um, where I saw a lot of alcohol use, there was some drug use, uh, there were some things that as you become, I think everyone, you get into that 13, 14 years old, um, you're, you're more aware of reality and what things really are. And so um, I actually began um, experimenting with drugs and alcohol at the age of 12, 13 years old. And uh, in middle school, I uh, had several opportunities and uh, to, to go out on the weekend and drink beer or smoke a cigarette or try marijuana. And um, that actually, it was started as a social thing. Um, it progressed um, every summer. Um, I liked it, wanted to do it, hung out with the people that were doing it. Um, and so it just became a natural part of uh, my journey. And so getting into high school, um, sports, grades, excelled, loved it. And um, although this extracurricular activity with drugs and alcohol was still very real in my life, um, it became a distraction. Um, and by the time I was a junior, um, it, it caused me to start failing some grades, uh, started showing up late. Um, it, it just became a huge distraction in my life. Uh, but I didn't want to leave it. I, I enjoyed it still. And so I was torn with a family that wanted me to excel, but yeah, but I was bringing home um, lower grades. Uh, friends that wanted to go party, and I would be pulled uh, from homework to, to go do those things and go hang out on the weekends. Uh, then I, I met my, my, my wife now, my girlfriend, and uh, we began dating my senior year in high school. Uh, interesting story there and her family did not approve of our relationship Um, didn't keep us from actually seeing each other uh, but she was the good girl she came from a good Christian family she had uh, morals and boundaries uh, things in her life she had great friends Uh, she was two years older than me so that was a plus and I thought I had everything going for me had the good girl uh, senior year in high school Um, It was all great, and next thing you know, graduating high school, um, we're starting, I think, uh, my first year, freshman year in college, and I start this new job to assist pay for college. I was working at a bar, a local bar in town. Um, Excelled at that, really enjoyed making the money, the the, the relationships, the environment. Uh, My girlfriend, not so much at the time, and um, it caused us to to fight, uh, whether if it was jealousy on my part, her part, it would, there was just so much, um, um, tension with my job because my job actually in that environment, it fed, uh, some of the things that I was already doing. Uh, it was there at this job where I got a little bit deeper into drugs and alcohol and addiction. 
and then it actually became a part of my life. It actually became where it's all I could think about. It was all I wanted to do. Um, the more money I made, the more money I spent, uh, the more drugs, the more alcohol that was um, in my life. And so um, I began to hide things from my family. I began to hide things from my girlfriend. I began to lie, steal, and cheat uh, the, those that were closest to me. Um, and there was a few moments where I was aware of my life is taking a turn for the worse. Um, I'm not really progressing. I'm not um, doing well with my college classes. Um, I'm, and it's, fa- it's affecting my ability to work and show up on time and do a good job. Um, but yet I still have this, this, this desire, this addiction that was holding on to my life. Um, and I couldn't shake it. There was a few times where I tried for a week to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a pill. I'm not going to smoke that. I'm not going to drink that. And it, I would fold within 48 hours. I was back out doing the same thing that I said I wouldn't do. So at this point in my life, um, there was no faith. There was nothing for me to hold on to or cling to. There was no anchor, um, of hope in my life. Uh, faith was not a part of my childhood. I mean, going back my whole time being raised, neither one of my parents, my mom didn't go to church, my dad didn't go to church, my grandparents on both sides, they didn't go to church, my older sister, she never went to church. That faith in the Bible and Jesus and the concept of God was never talked about or discussed in my home. Through school, I did have those friends. I had people in my life that were a part of that Christian club. I saw them, I heard conversation. Um, I had ideas of what their lives, what they were doing, how how they spent their weekends, but I was not in that world, and I, I tried to stay away from it as far as possible. Um, but going back to the moment um, where I had this revelation in my own mind, I realized I have a problem, but I didn't know how to fix my problem. Um, and crazy enough, that same weekend... My girlfriend at the time, we are uh, sitting at the end of a driveway, and it's about 6 a.m. We had just got done uh, hanging out uh, all night at a, at a local bar, and she began to tell me through her tears, um, and, and I was perplexed at what she was trying to communicate to me. She began to tell me that she wanted to go back to church, and she was tired of living this weekend life. She was the good girl when I met her. She was the one who didn't drink, lie, still cheat, but she began through our relationship over time um, to go in those environments and those rooms and, and those bars that I was going. And I kind of pulled her from um, where she was to, to my world, and I wanted her close by. And and I began to reveal to her, you know, there were certain um, things I was doing. There were certain places I was going, and... Um, she never liked it. She never really understood it. Uh, and she has her own story where she began to drink a lot and began to lie to her parents. And began, she became a totally different person. Um, but in this conversation, I remember it so clearly. We're sitting at the end of this driveway, and she begins to tell me through her tears, I want to go back to church. I miss how I felt when I was a little girl. And I began to just look at her, and I was concerned I was my heart went for because her heart was hurting she was she was didn't like who she had come she didn't enjoy the weekend partying she wanted to become a different person she wanted to go back to church and that for me was a foreign concept and I'm thinking I'm thinking what is church going to do for you like why is that your answer right now well for me uh, I had a decision a decision to make 
I either was going to lose my relationship, whom I, I really loved her. I really wanted to spend my life with her at this point. We were been together for uh, three years. Um, and I said, I, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. And we weren't talking marriage. We weren't talking long term. That's just how I felt in the moment. So I decided um, either I'm going to break up with her and she can go on this Jesus journey by herself or I can go on the journey with her and not lose the relationship. And I chose not to break up with her. We stayed together and I decided that I was going to um, go to church with her. So that began how we started church hopping. So we did. We, we, we started talking and having this conversation. Um, where do you want to go to church? Um, at this point, we still knew that her family did not approve of us dating. So the church that her family went to was not an option. Um, in fact, we tried to stay uh, as far away from that church as possible. So we went to uh, probably over the course of six weeks, five, four or five different churches. Um, and I would sit there and, and with no real intention personally to um, gain anything from this. I was doing it so that she could be happy, so that she could have this and I would still have the relationship. And I'm listening to message after message. I'm falling asleep. I'm bored. I'm yawning. This is not for me. Um, Whatever he's talking about, I'm checking out. Uh, I I don't think I had Instagram or Twitter at the time. I think I was playing Snake on my Nokia. But but I just, I was not into church. And so uh, we heard of a meeting that was happening um and man would you know it it was at the church uh, her family went to and this production was being talked about and her dad sent her a text i believe and you know she heard this production was going to be going on on this certain weekend and so we went and checked out the church and we walked in and we actually sat on the opposite side uh from her family uh and we were just checking the church out for that one sunday and they began to announce these, this event that we heard about. And it was called The Voice and the Judgment. So we started hearing all the details and when to come and why we need to come. Uh, Brittany got super excited about it. So we made plans for her to go. Um, I think she went on a Wednesday night. I was working the bar. I got a phone call. And she, I pick up the phone and she sounds like a completely different person. She went to this meeting, and I don't know what happened. I don't know the context. I have no clue as to what she went and experienced, but I do remember her voice, her tone, how she talked to me, how gentle she was, how she just sounded like a completely different person. And it intrigued me. Um, I began to ask her about the night. She said, I don't want to tell you about it. I want you to make sure that you're going to be here tomorrow night. So I looked at my boss made changes in the calendar in my shift, and I made plans to be there the following night. Now, leading up to this, I knew, for whatever reason, I hung up the phone, and I began to feel inside that something was going to happen. Um, again, I have no concept of being born again or uh, or, or, or following Jesus uh, uh, or being delivered or, you know, anything, you know, churchy in the world that you hear and you see. And if you come from a non-church background, you're so clueless to these things. But I did have a real thought, a real feeling on the inside of me. As I prepare myself, I actually, in order to uh, get the nerves down, I began to take a handful of, uh, of pills and I began to smoke a joint and I began to calm myself and, and kind of lose myself in the moment so I didn't have to be so present and aware 
I was nervous. I, I had no clue what was going to happen. So I go that next night, um, and there's a fog. Of course, I'm high, um, and I'm covering it up. Um, I'm not letting her know that I just took a, a few pills, and I'm smoking, and I'm, and I'm nervous. I just kind of went along with it. Again, I did not want to lose the relationship. But there was this feeling when I walked into the sanctuary. There was packed house that night. There was 1,500 plus people sitting there in the sanctuary. And we found our seat. The lights went down and the production began. This production was like none other I've ever seen. It, it, it depicted men, women, families, young and old. People that had this relationship with God to some degree or the other. They're, they had this voice that was on the inside of them. It was God speaking to them. Um, it depicted a dad with his son. Um, it, it showed a mom that was uh, had cancer with her daughter by her bed. Um, it, it showed various people and families and how they heard the voice of God and they either obeyed the voice of God or they decided to not obey the voice of God and do their own thing. Now, at the end of each section of this production, the segments, uh, these people all died, whether if it was a car accident, health issues, or they were old of age and it was just their time. Um, these people all lived a life, and it was their time to go to eternity. And what was so interesting, a thought I had leading up to um, the end of the night was, man, that's interesting. Yeah, I've never heard a voice like that. Yeah, I've never been in a situation where I had to had to decide on that level. Um, I really came to the conclusion I didn't have a relationship with this God. It wasn't personal to me. But I remember seeing these people. Some, um, they did not obey the voice of God. They did not uh, have a relationship with Jesus. And they got into this moment of judgment. And, and some were granted access into heaven and some were not. And I just began to just contemplate my own life. And at the end of this production, there was a scene. And it was a band in a street scene. This band began to play this song. Um, as I knew it at the time when it started playing, I recognized it immediately. It was the song Desperado by the Eagles. This this person began to sing the lyrics. The music began to play. Beautiful, beautiful song. And that just, it, for whatever reason, at that moment, I'm listening to the lyrics. I'm paying attention to the words. I've known the song, but now I'm paying attention to the song like I never have. And at the end of the street scene, the pastor of the church that we were sitting in that night comes out and he begins to tell the story of Jesus, how he came 2,000 years ago and he lived a life and he bridged the gap for humanity to God and the purpose of Jesus, the purpose of the cross, the purpose of what was happening that night. And I began to hear the gospel message shared so clearly. What was crazy to me is that I'm actually sitting in my seat and I'm so uh, intrigued, I'm so drawn in by this man speaking and sharing about the name of Jesus. And I began to feel, whereas 30 minutes, an hour prior to this moment, there's a fog, there, there's there's this filter uh, through taking pills and, and smoking, and I was in high, and I began to feel myself become sober. And, and within 10 minutes, I felt myself completely sober and paying attention with no confusion, with no filter. I'm listening, I'm leaning in, and he begins to ask the question, 
are you sure your life is right with God? And before there was a prayer, before there was what I know now as an altar call, I grabbed my girlfriend's hand and I stood up and I ran to the front. And I don't even think that there was, a, that he didn't even call for this. I think I just ran up there. I've never seen an altar call. I've never seen this moment before. I just knew that I needed this hope. I needed this love. I needed this Jesus that I had just heard about. And I began to weep and cry. And I began to go through this sinner's prayer. And I began for the first time praying to God to come into my life to make me new. And I began just to settle in my seat. And I have this super spiritual, emotional moment that I've never experienced before. It was simply amazing. And shortly thereafter, they took all of us that had answered that call tonight to follow Christ to this back room. We had this back room where multiple people were there praying with us. And I sat down in front of another couple and my girlfriend's beside me. And he began to tell me, you just had a very emotional, spiritual one of the best decisions you could ever make. This moment is going to shift your life. Now you've got to get plugged in. Now you need to come to a Bible study. Now you need to get around the right people. He began to tell me these next steps for me. What are some healthy next steps for me? And within 24 hours, I am literally in this man's living room. And that night, I'm opening up a Bible that I just purchased. I'm reading the Bible for myself. I'm praying prayers. I'm in a community of people. We're all drinking coffee on a Friday night, talking about God. And this Friday night looked completely different from the Friday night before. I found myself perplexed in the moment that this is not what I know. This is so new. But I fell in love with Jesus. And for years, I attended this Friday night Bible study. I became discipled, I learned how to pray, I learned how to read my word, I learned how to serve, I learned how to get plugged into the church, and I benefited so much. And what I would say is, Jesus saved my life, but community kept me. Jesus Christ saved my life. It was the blood of Jesus. It was His crucifixion, it was death, burial, and resurrection, and my faith in Him but it was community that kept me. It was the people I surrounded myself with in that small group, serving on that team on Sunday mornings, being around the right people. I was able to stay in the faith and grow strong. So you're listening to this podcast, and maybe you attend church and you do feel lonely. Maybe you feel isolated. Maybe you feel like your faith really just isn't that strong. I would say, like I did, join a serve team. Get plugged into a small group. Find that community of people that can help you on your faith journey. And I promise you, it will change your life. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. And we hope to see you this Sunday at one of our services at 930 or 1115 as we continue our series, So Love.